0: Today, I have Rachel Marks. She is the VP Application Engineer with Robotics Process Automation. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me on this podcast. It's a
1: great pleasure.
0: Yes, of course. I can't wait to dive in. Um, I see that, you know, you have a lot of experience in this field, whether that be IT, operations, engineering, security. But Rachel, you also have your own company, which I'm really excited to dive into. Um, I guess we can first start out with telling our listeners about yourself. Who are you? What do you stand for? And how did you get into the field? Sure.
1: Okay, so who am I? You know that's a that's a big question right there, but I'd say I am a island girl, born and raised in Jamaica, but now I live in Atlanta. And before coming to Atlanta, I was actually in uh, Okinawa, Japan, and that's where I found my curiosity to get into technology, IT, cybersecurity, and I was around a lot of military military affiliated people who were in tech, and it was just a new world to me, and I was very interested in it, and they told me, hey, you know, if you want to get into the field, I recommend Security Plus, so you can get, like, an internship at the hospital um, in the IT team, so, you know, I got my Security Plus certification, which is from CompTIA, and I started my journey just interning at the hospital, working at different clinics, installing, like, computers and printers and things like that as well as shadowing a security engineer. And then I came back to the States and that's when I got my first IT job. And I just kind of worked my way up within just different roles in IT and cybersecurity.
0: And Rachel, was your, so you mentioned the internships and just shadowing within the hospital. Um, Were those opportunities during the military in Japan? or after that? Yeah, so I wasn't in the military. I was
1: military affiliated. I actually came from an education background. I was was teaching in Japan and I just had a lot of friends in tech and they just told me of the opportunities and there's just many opportunities for, you know making good money as well as traveling. So yeah, that sparked my interest.
0: Yeah, that's exciting that you lived in Japan for a while. Yeah. What what piqued your interest and when did you do that?
1: That was about in 2015, 16. What piqued my interest? I love traveling. I'm a big traveler. Like I'll just like randomly book trips, solo trips, and just travel. And you know, I just wanted to do that. I loved teaching kids back in the day. So It was just like two in one, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. That That's so cool. And you kind of got to know a lot of people there and figured out the whole tech scene. Um, So when you came back to the States, you you started out with your first IT job. Right, it was technical support.
1: And it definitely, yeah, that was my starting point um, there. And it took a while to really get into or get a job. Right. So it's just like me persisting and just finding a job. I I think I applied for over 100 plus jobs, interviewed a
0: lot and yeah, and finally got my feet in. And you got your feet in. Did you when? And that's great that you did when you did your security plus. Do you think that kind of pushed you a little more, made you more, you know, recognizable to companies by getting Mm the certification with with no experience? Right. You had no experience. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think for me personally, it showed
1: initiative. Many people say, you know, hey, I want to get into tech, but they don't have anything to show like their seriousness or that self initiative to get into it. And I think a lot of employers, um, they want to see what you what have you done on your own to even start, you know, to get into this into the field.
0: Yeah, exactly when you started out at your first job, was it, was it everything you kind of expected about tech was, was it the opposite? Um, you know, how did you feel when you started out? Um, when I started out, I would say it's a
1: little, it was, so my hours were kind of weird, Mm -hmm. but like, I would have to wake up like at 5am and, you know, go in and clock in, but it wasn't any, I think it was a lot easier than my regu- than my other jobs previously because everything was online. Like if I couldn't come in, I could work from home, which was like a new thing for me, which I loved. Um, and there was a lot of things that I was, like I learned on the job, but I think even my Security Plus certification helped me to actually live in these situations that I read about it's just like oh I remember this in my exam you know and now this is what we're kind of experiencing so it kind of make me made me self like made me experience what I read in theory if that makes sense
0: yeah (laughs) you know it, it makes sense I think I think starting out a lot of people have different expectations of like you said maybe the hourly maybe the structure of pay um mm-hmm. and and like speaking of your first one how did you land it was it was it by just applying how was the process
1: well so i told you i applied for over 100 plus jobs yeah. right <laughs> quite a <So> lot <laughs> me, i was like okay i'm applying not really getting getting anywhere. So I'm like, what can I do differently? I realized that I had to do something differently. And I realized a job that I applied for, it was right down the street from me. So I decided to apply for the job. They had an opening and I, you know, dressed up like I was going into an interview. And I actually went to the office and spoke with the receptionist there, like, hey, are you guys hiring? And she was like, yeah, we are IT. You know, I told her like my interest in IT, things like that. And you know, I took that initiative to actually go to the office, even though I knew that I, there was a position and I had my resume and everything. And right there where the receptionist is, the CEO office is also there. So I actually met the CEO, just told him about my interests and all of that. And that's what, I think that's what really helped me land the job because I was so eager. I was like, I put myself, you know, kind of out there. And when I finally got the job, um my manager was touring, like giving us a tour of the place, and we went into the HR place. And the HR was like, oh, are you the one who came into the office and you know asked for if we, you know, like it it was a rememberable thing, memorable thing. So I think that showing that effort, showing, giving, showing that extra mile um, is what kind of made them have me on the top of their minds. Yeah,
0: I love that. Oh my God, you took the initiative and you made a very memorable statement by saying, "Hey, this is me. I'm ready for this job." You were even dressed up. I think right. people are very afraid nowadays, um, you know, to take that initiative and to take that step. So, Rachel, you have a lot of experience through IT and then cybersecurity, um, and then you know, with what you're doing now as an application engineer. I guess my question, and for our listeners, How did you get into cybersecurity itself apart from IT? Right. So my
1: first cybersecurity job um, before that, I was at a very big company and I was working in like point of sale systems and working a lot with um, different business clients. And I would say what got me in the door is me having my security plus having some IT experience as well. And then also being able to, during the interview, being able to just show my competence and being able to just have those soft skills as well, which is I think a key thing in cybersecurity. And that's what really got me into my first cyber role. So when I got into my first cybersecurity role, I had a lot of friends and people who I just would meet, they ask me, what is it that you do? I tell them, you know, I'm in cybersecurity, I'm a cybersecurity engineer. Their first thought was, oh, you're a hacker. Oh, you know, you just code and you hack into things. And I'm like, no, this is not necessarily what I do. And I realized that there was a, I guess, simplistic view on how people see cybersecurity. So when I started, Cyber compound, I said, I need to bring cybersecurity awareness more about and let them know that it's not just a tech thing, it's a people thing, you know, it's a business thing, it's not just very niche and it involves. I think the whole world, everyone is using technology nowadays, you know? and That's one thing that makes me love technology is that it reaches so many people, so many businesses. And I wanna be a part in spreading that awareness and seeing how they can contribute to cybersecurity.
0: I love that you started that based on how people viewed cybersecurity. And I think it's very common now with how they view it and you just Mm -hmm. creating a resource, right, for somebody out there just like us or even IT specialists to just be more cyber aware. Um, How can people reach Cyber Compound and what's something that they can learn from it? Um, I
1: would say you can reach us on our website, which is cybercompound.com, as well as our Instagram, cybercompound.com and we also have a newsletter that sends out just weekly news, training resources and just learning material on cybersecurity.
0: That's exciting. Is there is there a future for Cyber Compound? Where do you see it going?
1: Where do I see it going? I see it growing into a collective Cybersecurity ground for just information, for insight, for awareness, reaching
0: just technical people, reaching general audience. No, that's amazing. I I think there's so many different resources out there for cybersecurity news, but I think when you have something consistent and also very much on other social platforms, right? Like you guys being on Instagram, and I always see the posts, like sharing the cyber compound posts, um, it reaches mm-hmm. a whole different audience. Um, right. And that's, that's so exciting that you're doing that. When you were younger, did you envision yourself doing this? Like, how did you grow up about learning about computers and, and security? Yeah, so I never really
1: saw myself in tech. Honestly, I was always into the arts, very big in just like English. So if I were to go like 12, 13, 14 years back, I would have no idea that I would get into this.
0: And what made you kind of choose your major in college and even maybe prior, like your high school life, right? How did you make the decision to to study cybersecurity as a major? Right. Um, So I would say my view was kind of,
1: different it wasn't that i loved tech or technology what i loved was reaching interacting with all kinds of people and things and um i think technology does that and i found that relation with how i love to travel and i i love to just explore different cultures and people I saw that technology you know does that in all different areas and you know I found that like huh okay that's amazing technology is just it reaches people it impacts people so that was my thing
0: that's such a good answer that's crazy it's like it's like what do people have in common like what can you speak about and it's food and Mm -hmm. and now you're saying like there's a relation with technology because there's Keep, it's bringing people from all around the world. Um, right. This might be off topic, but I'm just curious. What are your some of your favorite places you've been to?
1: Um, well, living in Japan was amazing. Loved the culture, the people. I was in Okinawa, Japan. It was an island, so a very small island. The beach mm. is like minutes away, which I loved. So, Japan, Cuba as well. I did my solo travel there. Uh, amazing. I just, I loved it. People, culture all of that.
0: Yeah, I love that you're solo traveling. Some people, mm-hmm. even me, I'm like scared sometimes, but yeah, but I think you just being, you know, seeking discomfort and putting yourself out there is exciting. And it has a lot to do with your journey in your professional life, with how you play a role in your personal life. So that speaks tremendously. Um, when doing Cyber Compound and all your of your experiences let's talk about your your role today, your VP application engineer within robotics process automation. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and I'm really curious to what's your day-to-day look like? And if you could just break it down to, to our listeners, what is that role? And if somebody was interested in what you do, how would they need to get there? Right.
1: Yeah. So Robotics process automation. I literally learned on the job. Um, I think what made me get this role was my ability to speak to different people and have that like relationship management with people and
0: uh, just the will to just learn and learn quickly. So you started out as an application engineer Uh for this company and then you became a VP application engineer after eight months yeah wow that's that's fast and that's so exciting (laughs) okay so yeah okay i didn't mean to cut you off um but i wanted our listeners to understand that you transitioned from an application engineer into a vp within a short amount of time and and given your your experiences and your credibility is tremendously amazing. So for you to be VP of application engineer and, you know, within the robotics process automation is, is exciting. And yeah, can't wait to hear how you got there.
1: Yeah. Thank you. It's been a very just different field for me, but what I love about technology, just, there's just so many things to learn. So within robotics process automation, they call it RPA for short, what we do is pretty much create robots, creating manual processes to automated processes for different business units. So for example, mortgage, they might have a business process that they do manually and it's so repetitive. We create a robot to just do it. And they focus on the actual, you know, important key things rather than the manual, just mundane task. So we just make it easier for them to do their jobs and also save money for the company and things of that sort. Wow.
0: That's exciting. And as a VP, do you have people under you?
1: Yeah. So it's a small team and we're actually growing and, uh, Along with being a VP, I, they know that I'm in security and I love it. That's a part of my passion. So I've also been given the role to actually just conduct um, just audit reviews, as well as if there's any vulnerability, which we did have like in a system and there was a patch that went out, I helped, you know, lead in remediating that vulnerability. Um, there was the log4j, which is, a, that was like a big common vulnerability within the cyberspace. And I helped, you know, remediate that with the application that we use for RPA.
0: So you have, you have different interests and this is really supported by the role that you're in now. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important when I give the advice to people finding a job, finding a company that they align with. And good to hear that the place that you're at now is growing. Sadly, there's a lot of layoffs. um, And I mean, I'm seeing it like all over LinkedIn and it's so Mm -hmm. sad. With that and your role, what advice do you have for people that are interested in The promotion of becoming somewhere of leadership, uh, maybe in cybersecurity, maybe an application engineer, but I think, you know, you have a lot of experience and you could have good advice and give, give good advice here to where you're in a role now, how do you, how do you get to the, I guess, the top, Um, how do you, how do you kind of show that you have this much credentials in in order to be in such leadership?
1: Right. Um, I would say it's important to have good relationship management skills, interpersonal skills, being able to just communicate with people well. I think that's very important. And that's how I kind of got my role. It's just me being able to talk to different people, um, I guess, understand other people's roles and communicating effectively with people. And also just when you don't even have that leadership title, you are still a leader. Um, Also leading yourself and just being that self-motivated person um, and just being on top of yourself, you know, and always just try to be better and uh, I'm not talking about competition, just being better than you were yesterday, better than you were in your last job and being able to self-assess on what you can do better. What is it that you're actually good at? How can I build you know, my strengths as well? So just having that self-awareness and having that, like tracking your progress and just keep getting better with where you're at and just don't stay stagnant. Just always work on yourself and get better and you're, you're bound to continue to grow and
0: elevate. That's good advice and I think it really shows that you also practice that um, based on your list of experience and, and all the things that you're going to get in the future. Um, going back to your current role as an application engineer, what does your day-to-day look like? How would you explain um, from a high-level overview what you do? Well,
1: I actually work at a financial institution and we work with a lot of final financial institutions as well. And what I do, we work with different clients outside of our company and within our company to create automation processes. So my day-to-day, it can be different. There are many things that clients want. So like automating, sending certain files or certain transaction files, which are very important and key in the financial Um, space, um, being able to just automate it than doing manual stuff, um, talking, speaking with clients, asking, what is it that you want us to do? What is your manual process like? And then creating a bot for that. And just um, since I'm more in the VP role, it's just managing how and where these projects are and just kind of keeping tabs on where a project is. And just moving forward, and then the next time we add on another client. So it's just really interacting with a lot of clients and automating their manual processes.
0: I feel like that with how I am today in my role, it's almost as you're back in school doing multiple projects with the groups. Right, yeah. Definitely. (laughs) And it feels like it's just never, it's never lasting. And it's so exciting. Like you said, like technology is always changing, but the fact that you're working with internal and external is, is a really good mix. And I think, you know, people that are starting out or even looking at cybersecurity, they, they don't understand that maybe you can secure data internally, but you might have the possibility of securing data externally. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's such good insight with what you said and, and how you, how you guys operate. Rachel, throughout your experience, I'm very curious. And as this podcast is called Women Who Secure, but also just not geared toward one gender, um, we are gender inclusive. What are your thoughts on this field being more woman inclusive? And, you know, another question kind of following up from that is what have you faced being a woman, but also uh, a minority? So double minority here. From my experience being in IT, it's a heavily
1: male dominated role. And sometimes, especially my background, um, where how I started, I sometimes feel like I've been in roles where, my counterparts have 10 plus years of experience. They are 10 times older than me. And it kind of makes me feel like, wow, how did I even get here? I feel like, you know, what, we, what the saying is imposter syndrome, right? And I think sometimes when you're just starting out, you'll feel that way. And I think it's normal and having a mentor and just knowing that you're still at your starter stage. These people, they probably even experienced it back then. But you know, it's just with time and growth, having a good mentor to just kind of keep you on track. That is what will kind of give you more confidence to keep going. Um, And you said like a double minority. You know, I see that that is a thing, but personally for my view, I don't see myself as a minority, I see myself as major, like I'm major baby. Yeah, you know, like that kind of thing. So my mindset isn't even thinking, okay, well, I'm a minority and it's gonna be harder for me or anything like that. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm gonna put my best foot forward. I'm gonna, you know, just work hard. And what's for me will be for me, you know? Nothing or no one is gonna hold me back. But I think there is, you know, a view and it kind of intimidates us. So it's just not letting it get to us. We'll definitely have our second thoughts or our, our our intimidation, but we just have to keep moving forward and it's hard, but just do it. You do it when you're scared, do it when you're trembling, you know? Um, I've had interviews where I'm just like scared out my wits, just very kind of intimidated. I'm sweating, but they don't see that. But, you know, just keep at
0: it and Yeah. Keep it moving. Basically keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. No, I love that. Very good advice. Uh, you also mentioned getting a mentor, having a mentor. Do you have a mentor? I do. I do have mentors who I
1: actually connected with on LinkedIn when I started my cyber compound and just showing that interest. Um, people have reached out to me who are older and who have a lot of experience and they want to, you know, help, you know, move me forward and and keep me growing and things like that and have me be a part of what
0: they're a part of. So I do have a few mentors. What advice do you have for somebody who is seeking a mentor? Even like you said, them reaching out to you on LinkedIn or even you taking the initiative. Mm -hmm. How does somebody approach someone in seeking continuous mentoring? So for a
1: mentor, I would say really make sure that you have built up your skills in cyber even if you're not even in the field yet if you have like a certification any kind of hard skills you have those to show a potential mentor hey i'm doing this you know this is you know what i'm doing and they're able to be like okay i can tell this person is serious because they they have you know they're busy too so they want to invest in someone who is willing to also invest in themselves they don't want to see it as oh this person hasn't done much of anything you know how am i going to help them if they're not helping themselves so what i would say is help yourself have those hard skills have that self initiative and then reach out to someone who seems like they can actually you know enhance your career enhance your your network and all of that so you playing the part then
0: you know they see that you play the part and they they'll be willing to do it it's really essential to have a mentor that also just understands your path but also your future, just like you said, how are they going to enhance you? You know, speaking of mentorship and even advice on the topic of self-initiative, can you talk a little bit more about how you've negotiated in your previous roles or even the role you're in now? Is it easy to have that conversation or what advice Mm -hmm. would you have around negotiating?
1: Yeah. Okay. So negotiating, you know, I think that's a big thing. Um, important thing as well. Um, When I first got into my cyber role, I think I realized that I had to do some research on my end and see, okay, what is the average benefits or salary for this particular role? Um, The role that I was in before I was waking way more or less, but to myself, okay, if I'm gonna do this role, this is the value that this role brings. And I'm not gonna look at what I've made recently. I'm gonna look at if I make this role, this is my actual value. And I would say researching and know what your value is in terms of skills um, and ask for it. Um, Don't be afraid to ask for it. If they're not willing to negotiate or willing to give you that value, um, I would say that's not the right company for you, but I would say don't be afraid to negotiate. Um, okay. And when I researched, did my research, I was like, whoa, that's a lot of money. Like I've never made this much. But I'm like, okay, well, I'm still gonna ask for it because what could I lose, you know, from me asking? So, you know, I asked them for this particular salary because of what they require of me. And uh, there was a little bit of back and forth, but in the end, they actually did accept my negotiation. And I, I think let's not have fear hold us back. And I think sometimes that's such a big thing in just starting off or just negotiating and seeing your value. It's just, go with the highest shot based on what you see based on your research and go with there and if they can't match it they'll be like okay well we can do this for you you know and then if you accept that then hey go with it but never lowball yourself
0: right no i love that no you did really well i think the biggest thing is that you said what is the worst you can get and that's a no or just like you said, they can counter offer. And a lot of people out there, not even just women, but a lot of people don't negotiate. Like, just like you said, they'll say, oh, this is the average salary for this role and I'll take it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, going back on negotiating, it's really important to even negotiate your hours, your benefits, your You're, you know, not even just salary. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's important. Like today, if I, you know, if I was to negotiate and how I negotiate is I look at the salary, I look at the benefits, but another thing that's very important to me is continuous training. Right. Yeah. That is important. Yeah. Like, do they have that in the budget? Am I going to be able Mm -hmm. to, you know, do my security plus? I think I think these are all valid points and I couldn't agree with you more.
1: I loved, I loved how you mentioned training because that's also a big thing for me. It's like, how do you, what do you do with like training and growing? Is there opportunity for growth? That's also an important thing. And, and honestly, in one of my roles, I realized that there was a lack of training, a lack of, okay, Hey, I want to take the cert. Are you guys Mm -hmm. willing to do this? There was a lot of pushback and I realized, okay this company might not be for me because i'm trying to grow and they're not really supportive supportive of
0: that and that's an, another important thing yeah yeah i mean you're a founder of a security awareness and resourcing tool so i think you know you have a lot of experience as to knowledge around that but mm. not only just that but you know why it's important you know why industry uh, standards need to be met within the cyber awareness, and and that's such a different, you know, community that I think a lot of people don't really realize it about. It's not even just all about technical; it's about learning about it, training, the education, and yeah, that's so important. I love that we're both on the same page, and. I, it's so exciting to, you know, it's so good to talk to women like you. And it's so, it's so insightful because not only do our listeners really learn a lot and initially reach out to people on this podcast, but it also just inspires me to, to say, you know, what I'm into, what am I interested in? So, yeah, I, I'm so glad that we're here talking about it.
1: Yeah, I am too. It's been been very empowering, you know. I feel like we have that like mindedness in certain things when it comes to security. So it's been right. really
0: good. So you're in Atlanta right now, right? Mm-hmm. How how is the tech scene out there, or like the woman scene? Are you doing anything with security there?
1: I am. Uh, you know, everything has been remote lately, and every everyone, every company is kind of starting to get back to in-person um, meetings or just like visiting the office every now and then kind of thing. But being involved, I'm actually speaking at a ISACA event in March. Oh, exciting, congrats. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. And it's gonna be about how RPA, robotics process automation um, lessons risk in the business operations. So I think that's gonna be my first step into the in-person type of um,
0: connecting and networking, and I'm really looking forward to it. That's exciting. with with everything going on um and you know different speaking engagements that you're gonna be in, even cyber compound for our listeners and me as well. What can we look forward to you doing in the future? What what plans do you have within certifications or jobs or even more speaking arrangements? Right.
1: Um, I definitely want to get into the speaking um, side of technology and just enhancing my ability to, I think when you teach, you also learn. Being able to teach, that means you're understanding more of just what you do. So that is like one of my goals is to speak more and to just talk about what i do and just kind of teach people on what i even do and just like reducing risk in certain situations or businesses um and also i would say with cyber compounds creating like a membership um thing where it's just a group of people like minded people in the cyber world connecting learning and growing in the industry so creating that membership for cyber compound right now we have a newsletter but we want to grow into membership where we can learn and just connect and build with other cyber individuals
0: wow what a bright future Well, I can't wait to look forward to that. Um, Rachel, do you have any last words of encouragement or advice for our listeners?
1: Just do it, no. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like Nike? (laughs) Like Nike. No, but I
1: I would say take the initiative. Even when you're afraid, go after it because what's the worst that can happen? They can say no and you move on, right? So one big key thing for me is even when you're afraid, do it. Even when you feel like you might not have enough credentials or skills or background, still do it. Don't short sell yourself because if you short sell yourself, other people are going to short sell you. So you have to first, you know, make that thing happen for others to
0: make it happen for you. Wow. Amazing. No, amazing. I love that. Thank you so much, Rachel. I I think that you give a lot of insight in this podcast and you on your personal life, solo traveling, but also applying that to your professional life. Just like you said, taking the risk, just doing it, not mm-hmm. not taking no as an answer and just moving on. I really appreciate you and so inspiring. And we can't wait to see where you go in the future. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you for
1: having me. It's been really amazing just talking to you and your listeners.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you.